0: Hey guys, this is uh, Biomast episode 17. Jason is uh, out of availability this week, so um, this is uh, Soraya Zell and
1: uh, PokiDraven.
2: So we'll uh, just start do some introductions here. Uh, start at the top of the list, we've got a few new people here with us uh, this week, so let's start with Ghost.
1: Uh, hi, I'm Ghost Kaiser, I'm a director for Fatal Absolution and a PC-level scout. Glad to be on here, guys. Iron Wolf.
3: This is Iron Wolf uh, Saber. I am CP1 um, candidate. Well, not candidate, that. Well, I'm a, C- a CP1 council member now.
2: Good job. <laughs> he said it to me in the past couple of months. All right, killer.
4: Hello, I'm Killer12, CEO of Corporate Raiders.
2: He kind of cut out that you're CEO of what?
4: I'm CEO of Corporate Raiders and Instant
2: Command. All right, I'm probably going to botch is it, is it Lether?
5: That's right. Excellent. Uh, I'm leader Yeltron. I was previously uh, the PC uh, coordinator for Rise of Legion, and now I'm an officer in Molen Lob.
2: Alright, I'm Pokey Draven, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast.
0: And, uh, as mentioned, uh, Sarazel, CPM1, uh, also a co-host on Biomast, and a uh, leader in the Topmen Alliance.
2: Alright, so... Uh... We're gonna, we're gonna a few things that going on this week. We're gonna start off uh, with Zell kind of leading up an uh, update on what the CPM has been doing this week. So I'll let him take care of that.
0: Yeah. Um, so we actually had a we had a pretty busy week. We had uh, two meetings uh, with CCP this week. So um, we uh, met with uh, Logi Bro specifically to um, just kind of uh, general general things administratively and uh, our, our first uh, update on on where Legion is. Um, I know there's been a couple couple of threads um, claiming that uh, Legion is is gone or dead or whatever, and and at the very least we can I think we can safely confirm that um, it is still very much um, in progress and uh, on the way um, as far as where things are right now. Um, and then our other meeting was we met with uh, CCP Rotati as well as LogiBro um, to discuss um, kind of sub- preliminary thoughts they had uh, for, for what should be in Hotfix Delta and uh, what we thought of them, and if we had any other items that need to be on the list. Um, so, you know, good good development progress there all around.
2: To the curiosity, are your guys's meetings always at awful hours, or did the devs kind of cut you a break and, and, and do a good time for you? Because I know you were complaining about it being at you know 5 a.m. Um, most the time.
0: They're pretty flexible. I mean, the, the meeting we had with CCP Logibro, he actually, um, you know, had the... Uh, I have great respect for his willingness to do this is he had to do, he had to give the whole meeting twice <laughs> so that he could fit everybody in. Um, but you know, obviously if there's especially certain people involved, um, you know, you, you just kind of have to suck it up. Um, you know, it, it's, it depends what you're, who, if you're meeting with someone in Reykjavik or Shanghai, I mean, the Shanghai hours aren't bad. Um, you know, we had a meeting that I thought was a fantastic hours for me. It, it probably sucked really, really badly for, for the European members, though. So, I mean, that's the other thing to keep in mind is what I consider an awful, awful hour for some people is like, yeah, that's fine. That's good. So, you know, that's there's so many time zones to, to keep track of that it, it's going to be awful for someone every single time.
2: Well, yeah, when you've got studios scattered across the world like that and a lot of players, you know, I know... Uh uh, Deddy is UK time zone. And then you've got, you know, most, yeah. And then most of, uh, most of the other CPM are North America as far as I'm, as far as most. I mean, that's, (laughs) you pretty much landed like the worst possible spread, but it was kind of inevitable. So I was just curious if they were being nice to you in in some regards. That's, that's good to hear.
0: It's like a different hour every single time.
2: (laughs) All right. So, uh, if there anything you want to add to that, Iron Wolf or,
3: Oh, he pretty much covered everything we did talk about that we can talk about.
2: Okay, well, uh, just uh, you know, Charlie's for what two weeks now, I think, and the the dust is kind of settling. People are kind of fitting into the the new niche. It's uh, like you know, with Ghost and and Killer and lether, here. I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts since we haven't seen you before on on what you thought of Charlie and and what was good, what was bad, and and whatnot. So, Ghost.
1: Personally, I like a lot of the changes in Charlie. Um, I'm really glad that the scouts actually have something to do. The Mimitar scout is no longer completely horrendously underpowered. Um, what else? I think the greatest thing that I enjoy about it is the E-War changes that made it possible for all scouts to avoid scans. I'm starting to see a lot, more, a lot uh, more variations of suits on the field. I'm seeing more assaults. I'm seeing more commandos. I'm seeing a little bit of everything. I think it's one of the best patches we've had for suit diversity that we've gotten so far.
2: Yeah, like I mentioned last week, it's it's been nice to see a much more diverse spread of suits and in racial variants of each of the suits. You know, I know the Amar and Nimitar scouts were hurting for a while. And I've seen quite a few of them recently, so you know that that's really good to see. I'm glad to see people actually being able to use the suits they wanted to because the the bonuses were, were tweaked in such a way that made it a little more viable. And of course, the you know the assault was a huge huge buff to the assaults, and. Honestly, I, I don't think they really ended up being too overpowered. i rather kind of like how they, they landed, and you know, the Amar Assault kind of gets some crazy amounts of HP, but it's still, you know, manageable.
1: I love my Mimitar Assault. I love it a lot. And I'm, 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 I'm originally a scout. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
2: What about you, Killer? Any uh, Anything you want to talk about?
4: Uh, I really have to say I also like the changes. I've definitely enjoyed blowing up one or two cars in a tank with Nova Knives. like having a little bit stronger scans on my Cal Scout, and it's nice to see a lot more assaults on the
2: field. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The, the whole Nova Knife on, on vehicles is... I, I kind of scoffed at the, uh, the idea when it was mentioned in the patch notes, but then seeing some of the videos of of these scouts, you know, swarming a tank like little Pikmin and just tearing it apart was was pretty amusing, so that's that's kind of cool to see. Uh, what about you, Lither? Anything you wanted to bring up?
5: Like, the biggest thing I'm really liking is that this this is the third patch now. We're on Charlie. I'm enthusiastic to see that they've stuck to their plan of actually hot-fixing this quickly. It, it does a, a good bit to restore my faith. And not only that, but they've been closing down the feedback loop. A lot better than they did for years past ccp so while the specific changes you know uh i like some don't like others like on the high level i'm really enthusiastic to kind of feel like this is definitely consistent um the hot fixing so that's where i am with charlie
2: yeah i mean it kind of goes back to the uh the the concept that you can't make everyone happy and not everyone's going to be happy with every single change so you know there's there's some some good and bad feedback from from all parts of the, the community but it's good to see like you said that they're actually going in and making changes and actually pushing out a lot of much needed fixes that we've been best, <laughs> begging for 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 months and months and months and they never got I mean I think Ratati has reached you know god level of the uh, form of the community you know uh, Mascot, so to speak. I mean, they just—they're in love with him and the team and what they've been doing recently. Because you know, this is the sort of thing we've been needing for so long, and it's—it's kind of like ridiculous thinking. Okay, well, if you can do this much in three hotfixes why couldn't you do this much, you know, before when you could actually do client updates and whatnot? So, you know, it's, it's good to good. see that that loop closing, like you said.
5: If I can mention one thing, I was surprised that they were able on the cl- on the server side to change the sniper rifle reticule. Whether you like it or not, that was a weirder thing. So I'm like kind of up in the air about what they can change <laughs> anymore. I-, I thought I had a pretty good uh, grounding in-, in what was a client-side change and, and what was a server-side change. But that's definitely right along the edge, and that was kind of interesting to me
3: as CPM who gets privy to more of the information I'm still getting constantly surprised but then again sort of developers who are um, messing around with this stuff
2: well I think just kind of figuring out what they can and can't do I mean, we I know we've mentioned before the, the the proposed changes to the the war points on nanite injectors and they found out they actually couldn't change that just how it was coded even though you'd think it'd be a pretty simple fix so you know there's limitations and probably some possibilities that we aren't really sure of but you know it's it's going to be good once they kind of get things more balanced. I think it'd be kind of cool to kind of more into those weird fixes kind of like the sniper rifle change, whether you like it or not, it it was pretty cool to see them be able to figure that out and and swap it out with just a, you know, a a server side change that that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of those things is they're, they're definitely experimenting. Um, You know, I recalled a distinct moment this week where, you know, they were like, "Well, can we can we do this? I want to try and see if we can do this." And they can't do it. But you know, it's they're they're definitely poking around to see what they can get at, and I think that they're going to get at probably a lot more things than than we even consider on the table right now.
2: Well, even just you know, setting balance aside, I mean, there's lots of content that was removed. I know there's been a lot of chatter recently about pulling back the. Uh... Some of the vehicle variants we had before that were removed when they they redid the vehicles and whatnot and i mean and that's that's new content or at least you know reviving content and it's not yeah. just a balance change so that's that's also adding to the game so i mean <laughs> again people say dust it drives me nuts be like no it they've they can do a lot of stuff with it and they they're they're doing stuff you know they're they're making changes and the possibility to add content is is still definitely there even if it's not necessarily you know the the client-side update you want there's still stuff they can do so, you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them pushing forward and actually you know getting to that point where they can start adding stuff opposed to just you know balance fixes
0: yeah and i i would love to see um the vehicle variants come back uh done the right way and everything um i i think that's probably you know as long as the the skins are still there for the the vehicles it should be uh relatively trivial it's just a matter of figuring out the right balance and and way to reintroduce them
2: yeah, for sure. That's That's been a hot topic I've noticed recently with the, the vehicle community is they want their want their variants back. And, you know, I'd actually like to see some of the turret variants back as well because uh, some of the turrets, the, the base types, I don't really like. I'd like to have some of my, my advanced types that we had before. So uh, I'm looking forward to that and hopefully we can get that in the, the near future. So, kind of segueing in uh, Hotfix Delta, I know there's been a, a lot of chatter of what people want, what they don't want. <laughs> um, I know one thing that Lockbro confirmed on the forums is that they're going to be looking at sidearms in Hotfix Delta. So, I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the the state of sidearms. I know that the SMG is pretty much considered the the win all in most cases. So, uh, one discussion is, you know, do we do we nerf the SMG to match the other sidearms? Do we bring the you know other sidearms up to match the SMG? And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that.
1: So, I guess I'll start since I'm at the top. Um, personally, I want kind of both. I think the Flaylock and the Ion Pistol are horridly underperforming compared to everything else, and I also believe that the, the SMG is too strong of a sidearm. Uh, on my Mimitar Scout I run, I run a SMG as my, basically my primary with Knives as backup, and it it's like an assault rifle at 15 meters. You can drop people with the thing. So I honestly think it needs to be toned down just a little, not too much, but I definitely believe that the Ion pistol and the Flaylock need to be brought up.
0: See, I, I personally, I kind of disagree um, on that the SMG needs to be brought down. I, th- I think it probably should stay roughly where it is, um, but that the other sidearm should be brought up to match it. I don't think that you want sidearms to be distinctly incapable of killing people or ineffective at killing people it just shouldn't be as good as using a, a light you know a full light weapon in all in the same scenarios and and i think that the smg at what it does it's very sim- yeah it is similar to an assault rifle but it definitely is crippled in terms of range and such you know one of the things that th- this is kind of speculative but when they release the
5: flaylock um, their original description of it made it sound like a kind of soft AV option. I'm not necessarily saying that they should definitely choose the flaylock and they should definitely balance it to make it soft AV. But choosing some appropriate weapon and experimenting with that, I always thought that was a really interesting concept as a tactician because one of the the big dichotomies in Dust is that basically as infantry, the only effective AV has always been primary AV. It'd be interesting to see, uh, relative to something like the AV grenades, uh, another option for, I can sacrifice infantry staying power in this secondary slot and have maybe a little bit of effectiveness versus vehicles. Uh, From a team-based perspective, it's a big sacrifice to, say, tell your whole team to give up SMGs. That That's like a really big stopping power, uh, negative, but if you could do that and then say, you know, you have a, a better chance of pushing away tanks in close situations, that was a really interesting concept. Didn't really follow through. I missed the old Flaylock,
1: though, because that was <laughs> as overpowered as it was. That was weird yeah. In my opinion, the problem for making a Flaylock a viable AV weapon... Even for a sidearm, is the fact that unless you're going to go and start messing around with the effectiveness versus vehicles, you're going to have to really buff the direct damage because vehicles have far more HP than drop suits. And you got to be careful when doing that not to make it too strong because, you know, if you got direct damage shots dealing 600, 700 explosive damage, you're going to have people, you know, running up and soloing heavies with them.
5: That's true. I wonder if they can fit in the statistics correctly. That's a good point.
1: An efficiency change would be the easiest way to do it. Make it less effective against drop suits and more effective against vehicles. Kind of the way that our oh, light weapons are less effective against vehicles right now.
0: Yeah, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that works the other way. If if I mean that's a there's a resistance thing on the vehicles, I believe. But I'm not sure that we'd that's... have to ask the devs. There's yes. yes. no way to know for sure.
1: Well, if Why someone we checks the it's...
5: static data export, you might be able to crawl through the stats and figure out something, but. Asking a dev will be
1: faster. Yeah, I'm just voicing concerns. <laughs> you could always give it an efficiency
4: bonus. Just make it where it does 200% or 300% damage versus vehicles.
0: That's what we're talking about. Them. Well, the the question yeah. is whether or not that's something that can be done in a hotfix.
2: Well, well, I mean, they, they buffed the Nova Knives up. I mean, the Nova Knives had a, a 10% like all the other all the other weapons, and they buffed it to 50%. That's so a good point. Mod- if they can modify that, I mean, why not? Just change the value to... You know, two instead of point five.
1: Hmm. That's impossible. Awesome. I'm
5: gonna go look up the link to static data export. I'm interested because they should have introduced some sort of stat that sounds modestly related on the Nova knives. So.
2: I think you bring up a good point with the whole having a backup AV. I mean, one of the, the main selling points for me, because I'm a, a bit of a kind of fanboy, was the fact that I can carry a, a primary weapon and then an AV weapon at the same time and, and have that ability to actually combat you know infantry and vehicles at the same time. So I think giving a similar capability to a lesser extent by allowing players to maybe have a variant that, that makes their sidearm more of an AV weapon... Uh, not as much as a, like a, a swarm or a plasma cannon, mind you, but have the ability to bring a backup and not feel totally helpless would be you know, pretty cool. I
1: the best would... way to do it would be to make the flightwalk strong enough to tell them to back off, but not strong enough to kill. Yeah, it's no, it's it's
2: so, one of those things. Like if you're going to sit here, I'm going to keep shooting at you. You're going to start hurting. So you should probably either deal with me or get away. You know, exactly. But,
0: I I find a certain problem to the notion that you can make a weapon just a deterrent without making it an
1: effective killer. Because if it isn't an effective killer, it's not an effective deterrent. It would have to be deal damage over time. Like for example, one clip won't kill you, but if you if you don't leave over time, I will deal enough damage to kill you. But then the vehicle just kills you instead. And that's the big conundrum with AV. We've been dealing with this for ages.
0: I know. I, I think that um, my, my standing point on the whole Flaylock um, as, a, as a light sidearm is I'm like, why don't we just make Swarm's a sidearm? That's about as effective as they that's, are. That would be the best <laughs> well, in my opinion. <laughs> I
5: mean, that, that's certainly a, a kind of Legion-oriented discussion. If you ask me, I, I think there's definitely something to the dynamic of having primary weapon AV in general that has definitely... It, has definitely set a flavor for Dust, and it's very difficult to balance. That's at least what we have the, the history for. Um, like I said, it's kind of speculative with the Flaylock, but but having something with a different role niche um, in the sidearm slot other than just raw stopping power, that, that was interesting to me. And it, it was very disappointing, kind of, it, when the Flaylock released, and it wasn't like that, except the Flaylock was badass, so that That was a bit of a compensation.
2: Well, I mean, one of the reasons that, like, in the games like Titanfall, where vehicles, in that case Titans, are are pretty much prominent constantly for everyone because everyone gets one. The way they do it is you got your primary, uh, a, sec- a secondary sidearm, and then everyone has an AV weapon. You can there's different yeah. kinds of AV weapons, but everyone's got it. And so since everyone's got vehicles, everyone's got AV, it you can make vehicles overpower because everyone can switch to an AV weapon without right. sacrificing much. And I mean, the, again, this is more Legion talk, but the, the concept that you can make vehicles extremely powerful if everyone has the capability of whipping out AVs works.
0: And it, it's not just, and it's not just that everyone gets an AV weapon too. They both give you an AV weapon and they also give you a methodology to jump on the vehicle and damage it with a light weapon. Yeah, and so, I'm not
2: saying it. Go ahead.
0: So the inherent point is that every player can always be countered by other play, by every other player, which is something that we do not have in Dust because vehicle design is that the vast majority of weapons cannot even effectively harm a vehicle.
2: Well, it's also a lack of volume, I think. The fact that... Most people aren't willing to carry a swarm because they know the sidearm is not going to be enough to really keep them competitive against everyone else. deters them from actually wanting to carry that swarm all the time, which means that only a few people are going to be actually fighting the vehicles while the vehicles are fighting everybody. and You have that balance that appears there.
1: Main people I see fighting vehicles are the commandos because, as, as I said, they could still carry that light weapon. It's a very good AV class.
2: Well, and that's why I was very encouraged when I saw the assaults in in Legion. They're they're poking at the idea that assaults basically have the commando with the, the two light weapons, and I think that is going to be huge because. A lot of people kind of shy away from the commandos for for various reasons, the speed and and whatnot. But I think you know, giving the assault class or at least multiple classes have the ability to carry a primary and an AV at the same time, that's going to help a lot in in vehicles because you can have a, a larger uh, saturation of AV on the field, opposed to right now where it's it's people aren't encouraged to do it because they give up way too much to actually pull it off effectively.
5: Historically, like tactically, one of the biggest issues with infantry-based AV has been both a combination of the fact that you, you don't have that primary weapon stop stopping power and this kind of generalized issue in Dust is that we have a bunch of suits and we have a bunch of different suits for different situations. Infantry is a lot less mobile than uh, vehicles are, and it's very difficult to switch out of that AV fit. And so that uselessness basically requires you to commit suicide if a vehicle is suppressed from your position. It it becomes this numbers game. In PC, we saw it just tons. Uh, It it used to be that Forge Gunners, on top of buildings, and probably still is, um, one of your your best bets for getting the vantage point you needed on vehicles if you wanted to use infantry-based AV. And then the tank drives away, and if the map is suiting, they can go do something relevant and your heavy is stuck on top of a tower, and at best, they can jump off, maybe walk across the street somewhere, and, and get to a supply depot. It takes like a minute and 30
1: seconds. It's way and too long. And the moment you walk away from that post and PC, that tank will come right back.
5: Tank
0: comes back. Exactly.
5: So it it's definitely this... They're kind of underpinning issues where primary primary weapon AV is its own decision. As a, as a game design decision. And then other parts of the game are necessarily supportive of that design choice.
4: Well, still, you can be fairly effective using secondary methods of AV, like remote explosives and AV grenades. I mean, my shotgun, sc- shotgun scout suit uses REs and AV grenades, and I can take care of most tanks, as long as the tanker isn't super good.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. The moment you start balancing based on player skill, things can go horribly wrong. I mean, like, if, how many bad tankers do you see in PC? Correct.
2: Yeah, I think we kind of need to define, you know, what what kind of role do we want vehicles to have on the on the in the game? Do you want them to be something that's supposed to be common and easily destroyed because of of high accessibility to to AV or the fact that they're very strong, or do you want to make rather do you want to make av more accessible and vehicles harder to kill so it requires more of a team effort to do it but people can easily do it without sacrificing much or do you want them to be easier to kill but it takes a specialist that has to sacrifice a lot to, to pull it off and i think we've kind of been bouncing between those two and not really addressing a lot of the primary concerns which like we've been talking about is the fact that it's too hard to run av as a dedicated role and still be viable in the battle because you are so completely taken away from everything or you have to give up so much that you can't actually be affected in any other role whereas that tank can pretty much roll around and and stomp and he can you know i guess what i'm getting at is there's not enough options for infantry to actually effectively pull it off based off what they have right now, given, you know, current mechanics and map design and whatnot. So we kind of need to address, do you want to give AV to a lot of people and make tanks difficult to kill? Or do you want to give AV to a few people and make tanks easier to kill? And I think we kind of need to decide what that's going to be.
3: Well,
0: I I think part of it, my personal thing is... um... It, the the need for a role is distinct i think um that labs and, and dropships both have a very specific role in how they play into the into the field that doesn't involve just being stronger um they're, they're transport mechanics and they work very well at that in general um i don't think tanks have a role in the in the gameplay i think that we need a, a bigger emphasis in in legion hopefully on uh actual fortifications that need to be taken out um but I, I think that what I would really rather see is, it, I, I think effectively my, my sticking point, and I think I've said this before probably on the podcast once or twice, is that um, a, if, you, if you zero out player skill um, as something you shouldn't balance around, um, a player should equal a player. Which means that if we currently have the game the way the game is currently written, where a tank is, can be manned successfully by a single player, they should be about as strong and easy to kill as a single player on the ground if they if you want to make them stronger which i think makes a lot more sense from a game design standpoint then they should be team-based vehicles i think they i think that they should require multiple seats
1: battlefield comes to mind if you've ever seen a good tank team on battlefield solo tankers are good but a good tank team is the real strength of a tanker Uh, i i have a lot of experience in battlefield so i will bring that up when coming talking about vehicles um that's, I honestly do believe that tanks should be a team-oriented effort. It shouldn't be one person running around soiling it. He, for maximum efficiency, he should have a gunner, at least on the top turret, possibly another.
0: Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of things you can do with that, too, because if, if you do have, you know, if you are taking, say, three people off, off of your team, you know, to man a tank, sure, you're, it can, you can afford to have that tank be incredibly powerful because you're also taking three people off the field in exchange for that tank. So you can use that to break into, you know, break through a defensive line, but you can all, you know, you lose a certain amount of versatility as well.
4: I think one of the big problems with that, though, is that, and sure, if I'm a tanker, I can usually fit one extra gun, and that gun always gets put on the front of the tank. I mean, it's, sure, it's nice if you're trying to go somewhere, but if you could put that gun, the gun went and was on top of the tank, you would have a lot
1: more effectiveness than I I believe that you used to be able to been made aware of yeah. forms yeah.
2: yeah you used to be able to do it and it was a big deal because i would I would make it so I'd put a certain type on the top and a, a different type on the front because of you know position I wanted it to work, and you can't do that anymore it, it's it defaults to sticking one in the on the front or one on the top and you can't choose what slot it actually goes into and it's actually very problematic for people who who tank a lot that that front turret is not the best one you want that top turret in most cases because of the 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 visibility and the the elevation and whatnot right and so i I do hope that the devs can figure out what what happened because like i said you used to be able to pick which one and win it but you can't anymore which is is a problem
0: i mean like my personal opinion would actually be for that that uh, front turret to be the driver's turret because then they cannot fire behind them, um, and their their primary need for the ability to use the main gun and the top gun, which is obviously better, would be to have additional gunners.
5: Of course, like one of the generalized uh, another generalized problem uh, with the AV vehicle dynamic is you get the feeling with this, as well as a lot of other things, that CCP had this intent to have a lot more players in a single instance when they originally set out to make Dust. Of course, I, I hope the site maybe one day will be updated, not to say 24 versus 24, <laughs> but um, you know, it, we were hopeful years ago that we'd easily get 32 versus 32, and, and then 64 versus 64 was the stretch goal. Um, a lot of these mechanics would be better supported with larger groups of of teams because you're able to, for instance, assign a significant group of people for infantry-based AV. And that infantry-based AV team is no longer this gigantic proportion of your, uh, your entire team that they've gotten a critical mass where they can provide AV support, but they're not hemorrhaging your resources at other locations. So... It, it's kind of difficult to say that number. How many people they're kind of intending to support in structured battles? Of course, in Legion, you know, you salvage, etc. But is uh, it like kind of critically important to deciding whether, as a community, we we really should support uh, the current dynamic or not? Because I really don't think it works at this number of players.
0: Um, it that's a personal opinion, but I mean, but that's
2: a pretty valid point.
0: My thought has been that if it was set up so that an ideal tank needed three people, you could put tanks at a at a state where you would need roughly three people to AV them down. Um, I would like to see a point where AV is considered something that has to be you know selected in a in a team. You know, you hear okay, well we need some ADS pilots, we need a tanker, or we need a couple of tankers, we need some heavies, we need some lodgies, we need a couple scouts. You don't really hear someone specifically saying we need we need AV.
5: Well, one of the things that we do tell people to do is have alternative AV fits in case things go real wrong. But, but yeah, it's definitely not a primary role by any stretch of the imagination. For exactly the mobility ah uh, reason that I mentioned earlier, you just you unless you know specifically that the enemy team is bringing in a particular type of vehicle to a particular place, and and this is very uncommon these days because. People tend to either park in the red line or else uh, they are much more mobile than vehicles were in, in past metas. Um, unless you know those things, you can't tell people to come in with AV at the beginning of the game. <laughs> it's it's not a role that you're searching for. At best, it's it's something to have when it's like, oh my god, they had five tanks. Like, I don't know why they did this, but this is wrecking us. Switch to your AV fit.
1: like. The only map or NPC that I ever hear someone actually being told to bring AV to the start is, I'm not sure if the terminology you guys will understand, but three-point mushroom map with the PS3 building um, in the city. thats I always hear people say, put Mimitar Commandos on that mushroom, and it's assault, assault dropships in the city. That is the only map I ever hear people actually talk about bringing AV because they're so powerful in that central position. Everywhere else, I never hear it. Ever.
2: Well, and then again you're saying bring a commando because the commandos are the best suited for that
1: 80 roll because they can still double to something else. Well the Mimitar Commando because of the explosives bonus. Mimitar Commando Proto Swarms are they're they're nasty. It's the oh, only sure. viable a, a a swarm suit in my opinion. I've got advanced mimitar commando. If for a non tank dropship, I can take it down in a single clip if they don't fly away, because afterburners yeah, that thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say that it's wrong that the Swarm Launcher's exclusive bonus to the Moomitar Commando, you guys should fix that and give it to the Eldari too, I'm, I'm just saying.
1: I'd be fine with that.
2: <laughs> but I, I think uh, I think we got some good discussion here on on AV, uh, kind of branched away from our sidearm discussion, but I I think it's, it's real good. We kind of need to redefine the roles of... of what kind of av means and and how it how it works with vehicles and how many uh, people should it take to kill a vehicle and and whatnot so that's pretty good so let's going back to the the sidearm discussion because that's probably a little more pertinent to to what's coming for delta um yeah we talked about the flaylock being potentially pulled in as a as an av or a, a partial av weapon uh but yeah i mean one of the things i've always kind of as a personal opinion i've always Praise the SMG for feeling like it was always kind of balanced from the beginning. I've I've always thought it's an awesome little gun. It it performs very well, um, and I I kind of like to see that be more of the benchmark to bring the other ones, other sidearms up to that level. My only complaint is maybe perhaps that it's a little too effective at longer ranges when aimed down the site It's it's pretty much pinpoint accurate when you're you're aiming down the sight with the little SMG. So maybe tweak that a bit. But yeah, I, my my personal opinion is I think we should probably. Take a look at the Flaylock and the the Ion Pistol, like you said, and and bring those up. Um, scrambler pistols in pretty good place. I know some people do some some nasty work with that. I'm, it's not really my play style, but I've seen people you know tear stuff apart. So uh, that being said, what do you guys think about the the Ion Pistol and and the uh, the Scrambler Pistol? What are your your thoughts on potential buffs, changes? You know what what should be done with those?
0: I miss earlier Scrambler pistols so much that used to practically be able to snipe with a Scrambler pistol. It used to have some incredible pinpoint range.
1: I believe it still does. I haven't used it in a while, but I don't think the range got touched.
3: Yeah, range has been significantly brought in. It has? Interesting. The one one thing that still perturbs me, though, is the um, rate of fire nerf that they gave it in 1.8.
1: Oh,
2: it's, yeah. it's painful to I try using it again. I'm like, this is awful. You know, it's, okay. it's so slow. I'm going gonna,
1: I'm gonna to be devil's advocate here. Um, personally, I like the Scramble Pistols rate of fire where it's at. Um, I felt that in before the nerf, it was literally a spam weapon. It, you could spam that thing CQC and you'd pull off a random headshot or two. It was far too easy to use. If they want to make it a to long range sidearm, the rate of fire is right where it needs to be. That's at it's least in my not opinion.
3: a mid-to-long-range sidearm, though. It's a short-range one.
1: Well, not a sh- I think it.
2: Where does the ion pistol land on that? And then, if the scramble pistol is short range, where's the ion pistol to be?
1: Point blank. <laughs> if ion all- pistol range is laughable. It's not effective past 10 meters unless you're really, really accurate and ADS'd. Well, I also think it's great the fact that its its whole gimmick is that you can charge it up, and
2: you should never charge the ion pistol because it's never a good way to die. Yeah, it's never charge the ion pistol. Guy. <sighs> You know, it's, I think, uh, I might have spoken with Iron Wolf in the past about this, I forget, but the, the concept of, of making the charge shot actually fire more like a shotgun and use uh, a proportional number of, of bullets depending on how how uh, long you charge it and then not make it actually blow up in your hands after every shot. I think it should probably conceal like, a good chunk of your heat build up, but, you know, the fact that it overheats, even with, like, a partial 25% charge, I'm just like, why would you ever want to use this in this manner?
1: Personally, I think that, uh, well, first of all, overarching concern for sidearms. I really think sidearms should be deadly. They're made for last resort weapons. The reason, where they differ from primaries is their ability to engage multiple targets. I think the Ion pistol and the Flaylock, the biggest problem with them is the inability to engage a single tar- target and kill in a single clip. Flaylock, it can't kill like a decently tanked med frame in three direct shots. An Ion pistol has trouble chewing through uh, med frames in a single clip as well. Um, I think that the, they both need a, a buff to damage. Flaylock needs a direct damage buff, and the Ion Pistol needs more damage somewhere in the 60 to 70 range, which if I did the math correctly, it puts its raw damage output at somewhere near 680 to what 800, I think, somewhere around there, which is enough for a, for a tanked frame. Um, I also think that, as you said, the charge function needs to be brought into line because it's useless um it'll get you killed more often than not. They need to make it so that you don't overheat in one shot, and apart from that, I think the range is kind of okay where it's at. It's just the dispersion also needs to be brought into line. That thing is horrifically inaccurate.
2: yeah, I found that you would have to have sharpshooter to make it even viable and it it sort of becomes viable, but it it's certainly not the uh the best option, you use it more just because you want to use it, you know. And I think SMG that's, would that's be not better. good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you basically you use an ion pistol because you want to use an ion pistol, you don't do it because it's the best weapon for the playstyle. Because you know, the SMG is like you said, quite good, but I guess like I, I, I do like where the SMG is at. You know, maybe sand some tweaks to, to, to bring down some of its, its ranged ability, but uh, yeah. And, and also, the uh, the bolt pistol, what are your guys' thoughts on that?
1: I'll be honest, I never
2: see it. I would agree. I, I'm awful with it. I prefer higher fire rate weapons, but is I, I never see anyone killed it with
1: it. It's a great finisher. Oh, <laughs> it is, it's it's
3: a, it's a nice weapon. It's just that it's really off-putting with the way it works, and that's why a lot of people don't want to use it. But if you can land all shots with it, it's a pretty powerful pistol.
1: I honestly want to say that um, I really would love to turn it into the legitimate space magnet. I would be all for removing its... Uh, removing its spool-up time, and then just giving it some insane recoil to compensate.
3: Or at least remove between between every shot and just have it
1: for the initial one. Eh, that'd be an interesting way to put it. I could live with that, actually, now that I think about it.
2: Yeah, especially when its operation reduces the charge time, but from my understanding, it's not the charge time between shots, it's just the initial charge, which... It doesn't really you know help that much. You know, it's it, DPS
1: it's, as, as I said, uh, the problem with it in my opinion is that sidearms are supposed to be there for when you've caught with your pants down reloading, okay? You've got this guy in front of you, you have to kill him right now. You don't care about anyone else, just him. If you pull out a flaylock, you won't kill him in on one clip, you'll get killed and reload. Ion pistol, you'll miss half your shots, you don't deal do enough damage, you die and reload. Bolt pistol, you just take too long to kill. It has the damage there, but just the charge up in between the shots, anyone decent will drop you, and that's that's it. Uh, SMG, it, it'll rip through people. It does its job. MagSec does it too. The scrambler pistol will tear people if you get headshots. It's, it's in that reference that I think the other sidearms are really underperforming, and it's why we don't see them, because they don't do their job when it counts.
3: Well, the other, the other thing that sidearms could do is um, fill in a role that your primary weapon may be missing. Uh, for example, sniper rifle and SMG is a very good combo because sniper rifles are terrible at short range.
1: I think I wrote a post on the forums very similar to this. But yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with that as well. Um, and that's why I'd love to see the bolt pistol having more range. So it would be, be a good vi- a good weapon to use if you're using something shorter range, like an assault rifle. So you can still people out that range. Or a shotgun. yes. One of the really nice things about sidearms
5: that I always enjoyed was they had a bit of a consistent design, at least for the ones that that count. The SMG has usually been the jack-of-all-trades sidearm, and then the other sidearms have had this kind of stipulation that this will work really well if you land a skill shot. And that was kind of its defining role as a a sidearm. It's not like a, a regular weapon where... It, you know, if you don't hit a headshot or, you know, you don't control the dispersion or whatever, um, you can still easily control it in many cases. It, it'd be really nice to see them unify the sidearms in some fashion or another to to bring the ones that are lacking, like the lock, like the bolt. I, I don't have an opinion on the bolt pistol, because frankly, I've never used it, but... Um, To bring those more in line with that mentality, because to me that that kind of screams sidearm. That's like, this is auxiliary, but if you're a specialist, like you've got that much more of a leg up. It's kind of a fun dynamic.
4: The thing that I'm thinking about is how I would think the Bolt Pistol to work is to have it work like a a revolver would in other games, because it has a small clip like a revolver does and have it as a slower rate of fire, which it does have, but have it have a little bit more stopping power than it does have, which feels like
1: that's what it is lacking. Space Magnum? Yeah, basically. No, I'm I'm all for that. Hand Cannon. (laughs) There we go, Destiny already.
3: No, it's a a common weapon class in a lot of your more recent shooters lately, where you just (laughs) had this really exceptionally powerful pistol, and you just one-shot everything with it.
5: I used to play Counter Strike. We can call it deagle, and that waves. <laughs>
1: there we go. Someone
5: gets the headshot. We can call it a one D, which is one of my favorite uh, my favorite lines from any game.
2: Yep. Now, well, uh, one thing I've been kind of kind of thinking about, which which might get your thoughts on is, we've got the uh, the magsec, which is the SMG for the the Kaldari, which is kind of like a mini rail rifle, and you've got the uh, the SMG, which is a little mini uh, combat rifle for the Mimitar, and uh, I would like to see, you know, an SMG, you know, a full-auto sidearm for the Amar and Galente. Now, we obviously can't add assets, so what are your guys' thoughts on adding a, a assault variant, so to speak, which is a full-auto version of the pistol, like a machine pistol, for like a, a, an assault, you know, ion pistol, it's so a full-auto, or an assault uh, scrambler pistol, to kind of be as a, a placeholder for what the SMG would have been, but give that option for a high rate weapon that matches those damage profiles?
3: Well, I see two problems with this. One, from a first-person point of view, you may wind up with a broken graphical display, because scrambler pistol already does some weird things as is, and if especially if you start triggering it way too fast. The other problem is other players. When you are looking at another player, you're usually trying to check out what sort of weapons they have in order to assess the threat. If he's holding a scrambler pistol and it's full auto, and there's the same model of that pistol, that's a sing, uh, much longer range but um, single shot, then um, that's going to throw off the uh, threat assessment. Normally yeah, we'll I agree
1: see- with you with this, but we already have those. You don't know the difference yeah. between an assault scrambler and, an ass- and a normal scrambler. You don't know the difference between an assault combat rifle and a normal combat rifle. We know what they could possibly have because of the gun, but I-, I personally enjoy that little bit of, okay, what does he really have? You could be a little more cautious into the front of the engagement until you actually know what he's using.
3: But the variances is all up that there's a range of variances though. There's a range of expectations. And there's only so much down far that, that um weapon can go. For example, you're never expecting the Glinty Plasma rifle to be out sniping you in with your real rifle. Even if but they yeah, that- do have the tactical variant.
1: But that's going outside of its class. I mean like you've got plasma, projectile, laser, and rail. You're not going to – you're never going to expect a Galente weapon to outrange a Kaldari. I would, however, expect a Galente TAC to, to outrange a combat rifle, a pure one. I would be fine with that. So I guess what I'm saying is um, I'm fine with the variants being different have, but having the same uh, model so long as they don't overstep their bounds too much.
3: And that's that's what I was basically saying too. If we're, if you go too far to it, then um, players, just, it's going to really upset plenty of players.
1: It is it is a concern. A, a, I would say a smaller one, but still a legitimate concern. Another
2: uh, thing on sidearms I found interesting was the uh, the recent decision to make the sidearm damage mods be an eight percent at complex. I would always kind of thought, okay, well it's a damage mod, they all have the same profile. I never really considered the, the idea of of making lights and sidearms actually have a higher percentage than say heavy. So I think that's that's interesting. I again haven't played around with them enough to really to get a strong read on if those damage mods are helping enough to bring them up in terms of you know viability as a weapon. So I think. You know, that aside, I think we should probably focus more on, on balancing the weapons amongst themselves against the SMG, so to speak, in the in the magsec. But uh, I am glad to see that with the increase to the, the fitting slots and the HP of the uh, mediums frames that we're actually getting a, a boost to the siren so to kind of help them keep up. And it also allows for some interesting gameplay because I know someone mentioned they use the the SMG as a primary weapon, which is pretty legit. So it's cool to see that you can actually do that and, and gain some advantage in, in having that additional damage over what you would over what you would have with like a light weapon damage modifier.
1: Well, the main reason, uh, that was Ghost that was used this SMG as a primary, because uh, I use It's not really a primary. Knives are my primary on that suit. The Mimitar Nova knives on the suit are absolutely deadly. And since I'm point-blank anyways, that Assault SMG is absolutely fantastic. Especially if you really want to go glass cannon, you can run two complex sidearm damage mods, and it will flat-out shred people if they're not careful. It's insane how quickly you drop them.
5: I think that as a balanced change that was pretty cool to see because the high slot the opportunity cost of giving up that high slot basically guarantees that you're not going to be installing a sidearm damage modifier unless it's your you're doing a specialist suit you know you're like, you're like running glass a, can yeah yeah glass cannon nova knives with end smg or, or some other uh, interesting combination and and i kind of liked that they were able to to squeeze that in I guess, and it really doesn't change too much of the other balance mechanics, so kudos and I'd love to see <laughs> there isn't that much uh stuff and dust that you can touch like that and and not have some sort of horrible r- ripple effect but uh but in this case i was I was real pleased
2: yeah, that was pretty legit, so uh moving forward we're we're close to the hour mark here. Uh, another discussion. I would hope to get Cross on here because Cross kind of started the thread on the forums. But uh, discussion for Delta is uh, thoughts on revamping the support role and the logistics suits, and uh, and what do they need? Anything? What should change? I kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on on the support role in general and anything you think needs to be to be modified.
1: Personally, who here has played XCOM? Uh, out of curiosity, just just by just by show of voice. Okay, well, my comparison there dies. Um, support class in XCOM I considered to be very, very, very similar to what I wanted it to be in Dust, which was it was similar to the assault and the fact that it could perform on the front lines, but it didn't have the killing power. It was still a viable – it was a support class. It helped the people around it. It wasn't just the little equipment trolley. They actually had a very important role in suppressing targets and providing backup. They weren't the main slayers. They weren't as tough but they could hang with them. That's what I'd like to see a uh, the support class like. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. I, I hate the, the mentality that, oh, well, you're a support class, so you should be terrible at killing anything. So, you know, you get a sidearm and that's it. Um, I, I think that, as a general design, every suit should be a combat suit. Um, it needs to be effective in a combat situation, some better than others, some better in certain ways, you know, the, the scouts being better in more of a stealthy combat, the assaults and commandos more as a, as a frontal and the sentinels as a, a defensive, but I think saying the logistics is, are not a combat suit is is just wrong. I think they're more of an indirect combat, you know, they, they're good with mass drivers, you know, they're good at suppression, that sort of thing, and I, I really... I don't like that that mentality that you need to, you know, nerf the, the combat effectiveness of a of a logistics suit. Cuz a lot of people will quote, "Oh, well Lodgy ships and Eve don't have any guns. And I went, "Well, you're right." But the fact is that Lodgy ships and Eve can make other ships impossible to kill. The, the potential support abilities of a Lodgy ship and Eve are astronomically higher than the support of a, a Lodgy suit and dust. And so I think to try and make that comparison is just is not viable. So you know, you, you kind of look at the logistics. Don't get hung up on the term, and, and understand that it may not be, like you said, the best killer out there. It's not the slayer, but it can still actually, you know, put up a fight. And it's not going to be totally screwed if it gets caught with its pants down.
5: I mean, it's an FPS. Going back to that example for Eve, this is one of these conversation topics that I uh, love to to have with people. Eve has a lot of things that can inform Dust. But it has a lot of things where you need to be skeptical and say, whoa, there. And that's one of those one of those places where it's like logistics with very low combat capability in an FPS is no fun. <laughs> it's just legitimately it's not as fun as it is in an MMO, because in an MMO, you're you're having a primary combat capability isn't necessarily how you would interface with the game on a regular
1: basis. It, it's not kind of... No one likes being the equipment trolley is what you're saying.
5: Right. Well, I mean, that's just not an FPS thing. I, I agree wholeheartedly that if at any point you end up with a high level objective of like, let's make this so that it basically only does equipment or auxiliary roles, and when it shoots things it's basically impossible. That's what's gotten us into problems with, like, tiers. <laughs> It's actually the same exact problem with tears. not to get off on a different discussion, is that you shoot people and you have no ghost of a chance of winning. <laughs> Pun intended, Poor I guess. Um, but uh, one of the interesting things, I, I haven't seen the thread that, that Cross posted. I've heard some interesting news from the the CPM about some ideas with, with uplinks. I know you guys can't talk about it, but I, I will say that the logistics role... As a very interesting niche in Dust because the spawning system in Dust is incredibly cripplingly flat and that the only way that CCP ever resolved that in the past was with uplinks. And they basically buffed uplinks to the point that they could be a a crutch that the spawn system can lean on these days because there's no other form of mobile spawning whatsoever.
0: Um, I hate them. I I will
5: say... I hate them uh, so much. I I hate that we have to rely on them, but the other options I usually see are things like medium attack vehicles. Those are never coming until Legion, right? So, like, without those sorts of other mobile options, I I will say that the logistics role, I I kind of see where they are now as a lot better, (laughs) a lot better than where they were in the past, especially now that the assault is maybe moving more into line with the Standard. I want to kill shit suit, and then the logistics is kind of like, eh. Uh, I'll I'll use this for some equipment, and I think it's a little bit more in line. It's able to kill things. I would like to see some more suppression based weapons. I miss the mass driver, um, as a suppression oriented weapon.
1: As Why a, machine gun?
5: I, well, that's a map design thing. Um, but but yeah, like area denial, maybe I should say is kind of a niche that we're missing in weapons, that I'd kind of like to see... I want to say come back, but it was never really there. Uh, I'd like to see some weapons oriented around area denial um, that aren't necessarily oriented towards raw killing. That being said, you should always be able to kill someone with whatever you have in your hands.
0: Similar to the uh, AV as a deterrent thing, it's very hard to do area denial without area death. Yeah, that, it's the it's the threat
1: of that that keeps people out. You're gone. So yeah. It's
5: sorry. Cut out. sorry, it's a difficult balance discussion. That's true. It's kind of a high level concept. I I won't pretend to say I have an answer to say do this. You know these numbers here buff the mass driver like this and and nerf this uh, you know armor class. But I I kind of miss that from the logistics role, um, being able to to put someone. In a role where they both provide equipment and they provide this auxiliary uh, ability to area deny uh, would be really cool. Of course, the maps aren't suited for that. And that's just kind of true. They're very close quarters. It's a more generalized problem. but
0: I think there's a lot of things we could fix with map design. If, if uh, map design was still on the table, as things we could change.
2: Sure. I think map yeah. design is a big issue for for like what you talk about logistics and suppression as well as vehicles. I think that overall, it's just the way it's set up just does not lead to balanced gameplay it allows certain groups to, to dominate over others and it, it's not a good thing but unfortunately like Zel said we, we don't have the ability to change that at this point which is a real shame because I think it's a really big problem and I, I really urge CCP to make sure they're looking closely at their map design and looking at the problems that it, it caused in dust and make sure they don't repeat the same issues in Legion
5: right it up it's totally true that we're never we're never going see uh, a lot of these high-level Issues fixed. I, I guess the, the conclusion is that I am I'm liking the Lodgy more th- now than basically I have for a year and a half in Dust. Um, not to say there aren't things that can always be improved,
0: but.
2: Yeah. Let me ask you guys this uh, Do you feel, as a general concept, that a logistics suit should be of a similar survivability as an assault suit with all of its equipment on? Yes. uh,
4: um, If you're running a logistics suit, I mean, I think that your ability to tank is probably more important than, because you already have a very solid bonus to equipment. If you can't go and get to the lines for a lot of the equipment for nano hives, for injectors, and for um, uh, uplinks, you're not going to be able to really use them. In yeah. a rep tool you can sit back and use it, and with uh, scanners you can use those from behind. But the majority of what a logistics user uses, you have to get in there and actually take some fire and fight.
0: And and bear in mind that if you're the the other thing is that if you're the logi, you're probably not the one getting rep tooled. So you do need a little bit of a tankiness to you so that you can continue to lo- lodgy the actual damage dealers. I mean, I think if you have to sacrifice something for the equipment, it is the, you know, it is going to be your damage dealing potential. It just can't be to a degree that it takes away your ability to kill people in general.
1: You want to be careful though because uh I mean, it's it's great. I do believe they should be survivable, but uh they have to pay for that with mobility. I remember I was reading through the thread of suggestions and some people are saying make the logistics faster. And I just want to point out that if you're not careful, you will have the Slayer Logies back where they'll be just as tough as assaults, just as fast, but with more CPU PG and tons of equipment. And when you get to that stage, no amount of bonuses is going to overcome the fact that it's just intrinsically a better suit at that point.
0: Yeah, and that might be that might be the sort of thing that can be fixed when you um down down the road in, in Legion, when you're talking about um, the idea that an assault suit might have two light weapons, um, you know, something like that, where there's a distinct equipment slot um, difference or a, a different slot benefit to being an assault.
2: It's an incomparable bonus that it can't be replicated with fitting or, or anything like that. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That that has tended to be the
5: the central issue in balancing these things. Um, I, I have been. Again, happy to see the Assault Suit. What they've been able to do is, you know, give them more slots in certain places. I, I was always, the original Logi template was like, let's give them more high slots and low slots than a, a comparable Assault Suit. And in the current in the current environment with Dust, modules are basically the only deciding factor, the number of modules for... Uh, the actual core statistics that you get off that suit, especially when they're as similar in in speed and other statistics as the logistic suit and the assault, so like the balancing game is real hard where these things are. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I would lean on saying that if you if your suit has more equipment slots um, on the logi, then your assault should perhaps have more in terms of high and low.
1: I would agree with that. I've always thought that uh, the way to think of it is modules give versatility equipment gives you utility. So you want your assaults to have more slots because it allows them to be more versatile. They can run like shields. They can run rechargers. They can run then regulators. They can even run a little bit of armor rep. Or they can even start running damps. Or they can even start running code breakers, which kind of plays into their... Um, role that they try to sell us of it being a versatile frontline suit. The logistics class has the utility side of it where they get all the equipment to make that possible instead of having to go trudge back to the depot or switch out a suit to repair. They're there. They're saying, hey, here's your ammo. Here's your scans. Here's your spawns. I, they enable the combat, but the assaults are the ones that should still always be at the front lines. And I honestly do think that the, the difference between modules and equipment slots is the way to do that. I, I would agree with that.
2: The problem I can see with that, though, is that if we're assuming they have similar survivability but the uh, assault has more slots, that means that you effectively have to give the Logi higher uh, base stats. And since base stats, PG and CPU aside, I'm talking just HP values and, and sprint speed and whatnot, are the same from between tiers, that means that uh, an assault suit, like a standard assault suit, is going to have less slots than, say, a proto does, but that so that, that logic is going to have the same base stats as a proto even at standard level, and so you have a situation where logic at lower levels are going to be outperforming in assault or, or rather performing better than they should in comparison because their base stats are higher. So, I tend to prefer the concept that you 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 know make the, the slot layouts uniform within the frame where assaults and logis have very similar you know, stats, but then you, you balance with the G CPU and the base HP and maybe some of the, the regen stats as well. Because I, 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 a- I worry that, you know, if you have differences in base stats, but, you know, you, you try to balance that with slots, you have issues between the tiers.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: a, it's a valid concern.
5: Ba- base stats are typically, unless you're looking for... come the, the fact that Logistics and Assault are similar roles, they're both medium frames, uh, makes editing their base stats, a very careful balancing game. Usually, in my experience with the way they've balanced us, the the only time when base stat differences have added up to anything even credibly similar to slot dis- differences is the difference between roles. Um, for instance, the Amar Assault used to have additional uh, HP on both shield and armor. It was kind of uh, the omni tanking class uh and it it just didn't have any real difference because it was missing a slot <laughs> like
2: yeah some of the early mythology for me- methodology for the Amar was just goofy coming from an eve perspective i'm like what they've got equal shields and armor and slot what do you what you know i was like this isn't gonna work and it really didn't it just it, it fell behind like you said
3: luckily that's longer to case
2: yeah, it's it's a shame, though, because they finally decided to fix that after people had specked into the stuff. And, you know, I can understand some frustration going into a Galente suit expecting you to be the king of armor tanking, and then you change the MR to what it should be, which is the King of Armor tanking, and people are now stuck with a suit they didn't really want. So I can understand some frustration with that, but overall I'm glad to see that they actually got that racial theme right, because that's one of the things i have that's just been bugging me all along, is that the MR just weren't fitting in the way they should have
1: been. Cough, cough. Respec. Cough, cough.
3: One thing I have to say about all this, though, is the fact that we don't have a certain tool that a lot of other shooters usually have access to, which is... um restrictions or on um, class or class um, layout for example the support classes they're only given carbines or lighter machine guns and never anything that's say a, the equivalent assault class would have but inversely the assault class can never have access to any of the things that the support classes usually do so no med kits no ammo respires no, none of that it's usually just more grenades or maybe the anti anti-vehicle stuff because dust is so freeform with um Way you fit those modules—it's it's what's making it really hard to balance between logistics, logistics, and uh, assaults, basically.
2: Yeah, because you you have classes, but the lines between the classes are very fuzzy. Because, like you said, in dust, uh, you know, you can put a repair tool on an assault suit if you want to. Um, you aren't restricted to that, or you can put. You know, uh, assault rifle on a Logi, you know, it's you aren't restricted to, to not being able to do that. I think you need to, instead of restrict gameplay, you need to heavily encourage it, a certain gameplay, you know, modes. I mean, like with, with loggies, you've got your your bonuses to equipment. So if you want to rep people, you're going to do it with a mimitar logic. You're not going to do it with an assault suit because it's just simply better. Um, and I think encouraging gameplay or types of gameplay with certain suits is is the best thing to do i i've the ccp z uh, released this concept for uh super question and legion kind of restricting stuff i i pretty much flipped the gasket i, I was not happy i didn't like the idea of, of restricting i think it should be more focused on encouraging a certain kind of gameplay for each class rather than enforcing it
3: i like to clear that up real quick that is only with skill training well if you still get to suit and you train things in another class you can still get. You can still swap around stuff as though as Zodo's uh, is right now.
5: Well, I'd certainly hope with the feedback that he received from that thread that perhaps we could find a hybrid solution between uh, the exact specifications of what were there and and kind of uh, a system where, at the very least, you're able to to train. I like the idea of being able to direct people um, towards particular role classes. I do not like. Um, overly restricting weapons, in particular, um, obviously having the line between heavy weapons and and light weapons has served us really well. Um, however, it it'd be real frustrating to, especially with the way that Dust has characteristically made weapons that that feel a particular way. <laughs> um, they're they're more distinctive than a lot of other games as well. So like you can't. I don't have as much fun if I'm forced into, uh, for instance, if I were forced into something like a a rail rifle um, as opposed to a a scrambler rifle or or a dichotomy like that, um, I'd be real disappointed with my gameplay because uh, one or the other, I, I might just prefer its firing style.
1: One of the things I love about, uh, I said, it was the versatility, because it's something that I dearly love about Dust. For example, when I played a PC versus OH today, I ran into a gal, um, Logistics, that ran a shotgun. And I was very surprised until I thought about why he was running it. He was running a Galente Logi that was damped and running uh, focus scanners. The whole point of the suit was built around eliminating scouts. And I remember looking at that and saying, what an odd setup. But you know what? It worked. It wasn't the most effective way to play a loggie, but it did the job. And I th- that's one of the things I love about the game is the versatility. And I, I completely agree that you shouldn't be restricting loggies to only certain weapons or, you know, assaults to only certain weapons. I love that versatility and the, the 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 way the things change. I love it. It's one of my favorite things about Dust. Equipment, cloaks,
5: uh, Poke, you're you're mentioning steering people, steering classes towards particular roles cloaks are of course the, the quintessential example and whether you love or hate how they were actually implemented the actual uh, mechanical basis of making it so that you can put it on something else but she like you better have some sort of crazy idea if you're going to put a cloak on an assault suit because that's all you're getting you know like that concept is probably hyperbolic you know it from what the the standard, say, equipment on an assault suit might look like. But that's the kind of feeling that the the kind of mechanic that works really well, in my opinion, for these things. It maintains the versatile, like Ghost was saying, uh, equipment standard. But at the same time, it doesn't let logistics, you know, take on all the characteristics of an assault class.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, the the cloak bonus is a straight EVE example of how they encourage, or heavily encourage, you know, a, a certain module usage on, on a ship, or in this case a suit, is you just, you make it so it's not really a good idea to fit it on something else because of the, the lack of a, a reduction bonus, so... You know, I think in some cases that's good, but like Ghost was saying, you, know, you really don't want to kill that versatility because you've got some some really awesome stuff you can do, and you may not think, oh, a shotgun is good for a logi weapon. Well, for someone it might be, and I think for what Z was doing, I totally agree with what his end goal, which is you know, the progression system is very confusing in Dust. People, you know, join up, They start playing the game. They join the corp, and they ask me, what should I train? And it's like, well, okay, well, what do you want to do? And then I have to walk them through, you know, what skills they should be training in what order and whatnot. And I think that's kind of what he was trying to deliver, was that here's a skill tree for what you should probably be training if you want to do this particular role. Now, I think that's a good idea, but I also think it's a bad idea that you restrict people and force them into that form. So, I mean, I I kind of put together a thing a a long time ago when this first came out where it was similar to his his methodology where you could, you know, say, okay, this is kind of the, the order you want to train stuff in, you know, skill by skill, you know, this is what you should be training, but you could flip a switch and it would turn on all of the other available skills. So, all the skill tree really did was hide skills that were unrelated to the class but if you wanted to train those other skills you could flip a switch and go into the the really meaty part of the, the skill system, which is what we have now, where you have the entire skill tree open up and invisible and, and there's no limitation on on being in either of these these modes. It's just it hides the stuff that you probably don't need to see as a new player. But if you want to, you've got the option to actually turn that on and take a look at it. So I, I think in terms of, of what he's trying to achieve, I think it's a really good idea. You know, it's it's good. I just want to really stress that they not restrict people and force them into a certain training methodology just to to make it easy, you know, make it easy, but still leave that option open to to do some goofy stuff, you know. If let us make stupid choices, but tell us when we're going to do it, you know.
3: Customization. Well, I, uh, I suggested I, a certificate uh, certificate system, basically. Um, Eve had one earlier, but they um done revamped that entirely. But it's basically this is how like, a Kadari soul is put together. Here's all the skills and things you need for it. But this is just only for cert, um a certificates, not needed for um, skill training.
2: Yeah,
0: and the new system that they have, um, ISIS is is fairly nice. At, at that, uh, you know, it's sorted by what suits, or or in this case, you know, what ship classes that you can um, you can be for each race, and then it has you know one through five, um, you know, mastery tiers, and so you you can see that it's not going to suggest that you max out a certain skill. Um, to just to to get you know to that first tier of mastery, it's going to recommend and kind of encourage if you're trying to go up that that mastery list um, to spread out your skills among the varying um, things that benefit your class.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would never tell a a mementarlogi to to max on hacking, you know, day one. I mean, that's that's just not. Not a good idea. Max Maybe system hacking
0: is such a wonderful skill, though. Oh, it, it's an Limits
2: awesome skill. Scout,
1: it's required.
2: Yeah, it, it should be maxed out. But my point is, you aren't going to tell someone who's three months old, that should be level five, because there's other stuff they need at that point. So get it to two or three, you know, off the bat, that's a good idea. I think making it very clear, like you said, with mastery levels on, you know, you should fill out mastery rank one before moving on to mastery rank, mastery rank two, and that's going to really kind of help that progression be more logical and, and make sense for players, because People say, oh, well, should I get electronics maxed out to five? And I went, yes, but not right away. You know, get it to three or four, get it to five later when you need it, you know, because it's it's an expensive skill to get up to five. You know, level five costs as much as levels one through four combined. So, you know, players often get confused when you say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the best skill to have. You should set it out. And they go, really? Well, no, not right away. (laughs) So I don't want it to be confusing for, for new players in that regard.
4: Well speaking of uh, electronics and engineering, why the in why are those skills such high multipliers?
1: Because they're um, damn useful. Well, we're, yes, we're getting, but, you know,
4: they're also very basic skills. And if you look at the armor skill, the shield skill, those both have a multiplier of, I think, two or three.
5: We're I mean, we're like real, we're close, real close to, close to time, time, but this is a fantastic discussion. I'd like to say that This will be controversial. I absolutely hate the core skills. I've come to this conclusion after a very long period of time. I think that they're terrible for anything except inducing uh, tears Um, and and very discernible differences between being a, a veteran player with a bunch of skill points and not being, and that you end up essentially gimped day one of Dust 514 because you have... 25% 25% less power grid, 25% less CPU, um, similar amounts lacking in, in shield and armor. I, I don't think it's very rewarding gameplay. Well, the I mean, that would of. be
4: the basis behind going and moving towards lowering those requirements, because that would make those skills less of a barrier for new players. It would change it from, this skill is a really easy skill, and it's very useful where it won't make it as much of an issue, I can agree
1: with that. yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing uh, when we talk in the barbershop about raising new scouts, we always press them, you know, you need to get your core skills up. We know it's a grind, but you've you've got to do it over time. they're just that important. I would really agree that uh, that just make them less of a grind because they're 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 really the basis for anyone wanting to go to the competitive level is you got to have your core skills up, and you've got to have what you need there. And it's such a grind for new players.
2: Well, I think this is probably a pretty good, a pretty good topic, but we're, we're unfortunately against a, a hard time limit here. zell has got to get going, I think. So, uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: So let's let's uh, let's postpone this for next week. I'd love to have you guys back and we can discuss this in detail. But for right now, let's do some quick uh, shout-outs. We'll go on the list. Just anyone you want to do a shout-out to, just uh, let's have it. So, uh, Ghost.
1: Uh, shout-out to the barbershop, you guys. Shout-out to Anime Empire. You guys are fun to chat to, and shout-out to my corporation because you guys are awesome. Okay, Iron Wolf.
3: Hey, shout out to Snorri, shout out to, um, well, CCP um, Ratati, CCP Pro. shout out to the United States Postal Service.
0: Alright, <laughs> that joke's going right. over most people's heads.
2: Alright, killer.
4: Uh, shout out to all the folks in Top Men and corporators, um, as well as to the devs.
2: Alright, Lether.
5: Sure, I'll, uh, let me look this up. I'll do a personal plug. First, of all, I'll say a shout-out to, of course, my alliance and corp. You guys are great. And if you do the Twitter thing, let me bring up my Twitter. I believe it is <laughs> twitter.com slash if you want to follow me on Twitter. All right. Sounds good.
2: Uh, uh, shout, shout out, out to, uh, my core group, OHG Pounder Aberrations, shout out to Bob Derry, who, who, uh, was gonna, was gonna, was gonna stream for this week, but he, he cut his, his finger off. off. So, he's, uh, <laughs> been recovering from that, but, uh, we'll hopefully we'll have him back next week, week and, uh, uh, we'll be streaming we'll again, stream again. Stream so I apologize for that. For that. And, uh, and, uh, shout
4: uh,
0: out to you guys for coming on. Good to see you face here, so, uh, hope to see you next week. Lither, take your, your finger off the button. Um, and uh, i'm going to give my shout out uh, to uh, ghost kaiser killer 12 and uh lither ytron for giving us the uh, a couple of new guests which is uh, you know always nice sometimes our our episodes tend to feature the same people over and over so it's it's really cool to have new voices in the, in the chat
1: thank you
2: Yep, All right, guys. Meeting. Well, that's going to conclude our episode. Uh, hope to see you again next week. So, this is episode 17 of Biomass. We don't really have a title, but to figure it out later because I think these guys have to go to a meeting. So, uh, catch you next week and thanks for
4: listening.